0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the rare adaption that will hook casual viewers as well as long-time Dungeons & Dragons players. It is set in the Forgotten Realms campaign setting and has no connection to the film trilogy released between 2000 and 2012. The film stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Reggie Jean-Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis and Hugh Grant. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers.
1: Yeah. uh, What is your history with Dungeons and Dragons?
0: I watched the cartoon in the 80s. I watched the first of the films that were released in the 2000s, the one with Justin Whalen, Jimmy Olsen from Lovers and Clark season two onwards, Marlon Wayans, Jeremy Irons. I mean, that film had a decent cast. That's it. So this film, yeah. that film, the cartoon with the kids that get transported, they're in this movie. We'll get to that. But that's it. What about you? Um...
1: Definitely watch episodes of the cartoon in the 80s. Definitely watch the film that you have, same one. Um, I've played some of the video games, uh, specifically The Baldur's Gate and uh, I think the original Dark Alliance um, on the Xbox, the original Xbox, the the first one. And I did try to do play session of dungeons and dragons with my nephew but there's just the two of us neither of us had ever played before and i had to act as both dungeon master and second player so i had to like keep letting him go lead um one thing i am aware though is that in terms of video game production all video games have been built off the rules established for dungeons and dragons like critical chance. dexterity uh resilience intelligence all of those stats they're all from dungeons and dragons as it was originally created in the i think late 70s and even today before they go too in depth in programming a game as they build it uh they will write it down with just pen and paper like Dungeons and Dragons, and play it that way to see if they've gotten it correct, because if it can play that way, they're like, all right, yeah, stop spending the money and the time building out those uh, systems for the video game. So Dungeons and Dragons, I'm slightly more familiar than you are, but not in the lore and all the rest of it. Um, Just an appreciation for what it's done outside of just a game or tv series
0: well i've got to be honest when the film was first announced and in fact before we got this film we'd been hearing for years about different takes that they were trying to get off the ground again we had those movies in the 2000s but then nothing was really happening so this film was announced i think they even put out the first trailer and i'm like ah, do you know what i'm I'm just not that interested. And this film was getting such good word of mouth. And then some of those later trailers look generally funny. And it's like, even just going off those later trailers, what it looks like they've done. And what I said in the opening there is they've made a film for fans of Dungeons and Dragons, but they've also managed to make a very broad, funny fantasy action adventure film. And that's, that was my experience watching it, and that's what I was getting from those later trailers. So this was a last-minute addition to the podcast schedule. We weren't going to review this, but I'd been to see it, and I asked you if you'd seen it. You had. I'm like, well, hey, let's do let's do a review. But this film did catch me by surprise. And again, it had been out for a good few weeks before I went to see it. When I did, quite a few people still turning up to watch it, and I could hear people in the audience who were familiar because certain creatures, certain bits of dialogue, you'd hear cheering and snickering and whispers, which was fine. It didn't bother me. Usually it does when people talk in the cinema, but people were enjoying the movie, so it was a good experience.
1: Yeah, and like yourself, I've always felt like I should right Dungeons and Dragons but really is something if you're going to play it I think you need to be invited to a group uh, who are well versed in it and so it's not a large barrier to empty because they tend to be quite inviting but they also like like my nephew just started and he has a group of friends who they have like a, a newbie night and that's the one he goes to because it's he doesn't have the the knowledge and skills for someone who has um a, a broader knowledge but with that like you were saying with this film the, the as you're speaking and talking about like I didn't feel like I needed anything going in I felt welcomed like uh, it didn't need it didn't like hit you with a bunch of exposition which I think is important you know, they, they tell a story of, like, how they got in prison, but it's it's not backstory of, like, who's our world and from time immemorial? What movie did make that problem, uh, that huge um, sore spot and made it hard for non-fans to get into, was Warcraft, which...
0: i right. so getting a bit
1: long in the tooth now, but I remember when I watched that, I was so excited because the trailers looked amazing. I knew it had rich lore and that kind of stuff. And then sat in the theatre. I think it was an advanced screening as well. I went to, like, the media screening before release. And they clearly put a bunch of fans in there for it. But I just remember, like, wait, stop, slow down. Who are these people? Wait, that's a lot of backstory. Go back. And I could feel even someone, like, like, we both are with uh histories of like multiple comic book universes and sci-fi universes and tv show universes and stories and adaptations you know we caught onto things pretty quickly because we're we're accustomed to it It, even in that movie i'm like whoa i'm missing a lot here it's it's just throwing stuff at me and i can see people in the audience like yeah and I'm like, that must have been something important that they right. Just yeah, that I, I watched
0: that at home. Absolutely. i I didn't like it. And it wasn't just called Warcraft, was it? it had was it like a new beginning or something like that you clearly wanted it to be the start of this huge franchise and many, many sequels. and it didn't didn't go anywhere,
1: yeah. and that's the strength here. I mean, the cast really helps um. I mean, they've got great chemistry. They're they're all feeding their roles really well, but also their interpersonal relationships fall in really well. And from listening to people talk and watching a few, like, uh, podcasts of people, you know, there's so many podcasts these days of people who play Dungeons and Dragons and record them as they play through a campaign. And there's just as much shenanigans of like, you know, mm-hmm. the dungeon masters like set a campaign and it's serious and I want to go this way, but the people were like, no, 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 no. I want to like go to the tavern, and get pissed and like, I like, I'm gonna... yeah. And that's sort of lighthearted fun. I think they've found a way to int- integrate that without making the entire universe silly. And that's a tight rope to walk.
0: Yeah, just, uh, yeah, they really, go one yeah. way or
1: another. If you take it too seriously, you program the audience to take it seriously. So if something comes up and they're like, that's a bit goofy, you've taken away your own credibility. And if you go too silly, well, I don't take any of this seriously, the stakes don't matter, and I can't believe any, I can't buy in. But this really did straddle that line well of you understand everyone's motivations, you understand the complexities of the relationships at hand and they can nudge and wink and have fun with it without ruining the illusion of the world we're creating. I mean, speaking of uh, Reggie Jean Page, uh, as everyone is probably most aware of him from Bridgerton, he's like, I was talking to people after I watched it and they're like, oh, that's like the Dungeon Master's character. Like that's, a, that's like a deep cut in joke because he's perfect he always makes the right decision he's uber competent but uh he is like perfect because he's so stoic and dry and serious that everyone else who's like normal people you know like and like you can see the insecurity of chris pine's character uh, you can see, like, the, oh, let's follow him, and everyone else, like, just let him do it. Like, if he's willing to help us, we should go with it. But And his, like, earnestness with it, and I, I heard in interviews, he insisted on wearing all of the armor, which turned out to be, uh, through as they went day in, day out, quite heavy, quite taxing physically for him to do a big shoot-in. he goes, you yeah, know, I remember hearing that, Robert Downey Jr. did this for the first Iron Man. I'm like, yes, that's it. I'll commit to it completely. And then, late in the shoot, he's tired. His shoulders are hurting from the way it does. It's not you know designed to be worn long term. He's like, wow, that. Can... Now I understand why he has like the dots on his face and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sits well, in a chair and wears only like a lightweight version of this. It went. Well, look at
0: Iron Man two, plastic, yeah. even in the movie. Yeah. The armor, yeah. the armor looks plastic, but the everything about this world and the costumes looks expensive. It, you know, they really pulled it together. So again, this is a movie for me that is just working across the board. You know, whether it's the stunts, the CG, it's all looking great. I mean, they did spend quite a bit of money on it. He had a budget of one hundred and fifty million. Unfortunately, I mean. It's mainly received positive reviews from critics and audiences. But at the moment, and it is still out in limited, like a, I think the occasional, a few cinemas have still got it showing. It's yeah. sitting at about 183 million.
1: Which is strange. I cannot imagine. This is kind of the problem post-COVID is people, we've discussed this many times, have become, so accustomed to waiting for something to go onto streaming, watch it that way.
0: I know, but with this, though, going, what? it seems to be it just had too much competition. I mean, like John Wick Chapter 4, for example, that was out. We've got Super Mario Brothers that's just passed a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah, it... It had, yeah. It came out the week before Mario came out.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a film you can't judge on the box office because it's better than that. Like, it is a really good film. I just think people missed it because they liked the look of something else. Before it was released, That like, they were talking about having, like, tie-in TV series set within the world and connected to this film and, and obviously sequels. Hopefully it's not another Warhammer. Not Warhammer, Warcraft. Are they the same thing? Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, it's not another Warcraft. One's a tabletop film. game. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Warhammer
1: is the, the oh, franchise that Henry Cavill's a huge
0: fan of. Right. Where you're painting you paint the models. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. So, to back to this, two directors, backgrounds yeah. in comedy. John Francis Daly. He's best known for playing high school freshman Sam Weir, the TV show Freaks and Geeks. And FBI criminal profiler Dr. Lance Sweets in Bones, freaks and geeks one uh-huh. season, great show. And then I did see him later on in Bones. And the other director Jonathan Goldstein again, background in comedy, including The PJ's, starring Eddie Murphy. That was that uh, was that claymation animated show, yeah, yeah. prime time show. He also worked on The New Adventures of Old Christine. That was um, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, I think that's what she
1: tried. Yeah, that's what she tried post Seinfeld before she really found success with Veep. That's right.
0: Julia Louis Dreyfus. There we go. Yeah, yeah,
1: Um, yeah. It's a shame. Like I said, it's it's hard because what do you do? Do you move? I mean, you're going up against John Wick, but you're going with a comedy vibe, and you're like, ah, oh, I think we can find some some space here. And then the Mario Brothers movie drops, and it's school holidays, which I would have imagined they – that, I think, was always going to be big. I don't think there's any way – like Illumination Studios, the guys behind um, uh, Gru and the Minion stuff. Uh, really perfecting that style of Mario, even though Nintendo had to come in and like, no, 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 no. You're straying too far. Like this is all it is. Um, Yeah. And I, I took my nephew to see this. and I have a, quite a few friends who went and saw this and they were going to me like, oh man, you really have to check it out. Cause I was away at work at the time when this actually hit cinemas and it, all of them were like, like, I don't want to say too much, but really enjoyed it. Definitely see it on the big screen, like really go in there and see it. and like,, oh, yeah, I really dug it. um it does seem to be a bit of like a solo thing of like you really went up against some stiff competition, and you know it's expensive to move. I don't know if people understand this, but when you move, do something it seems like silly and small of oh, I'm gonna move my release date back three weeks or four weeks uh, to move out of the way of this thing. Uh, there's massive costs involved in that because you didn't, didn't have to re-alter all of your marketing to to show the new release date. You have to redo your contracts and things to distributors and to cinema chains who are gearing up for this kind of thing. But I can understand them wanting to not, to not dark not move. Um, especially with Stranger Things having over the last like five years really putting front and center like Dungeons and Dragons a thing It continues to be a thing that is well-loved and well-used and well um, like uh, uh, sought after. It's an, it is an IP. It's a, a very long-standing IP. Uh, it just is unfortunate that Post-COVID, people aren't going to the cinema as often, which the cost of living is an unfortunate yeah. uh, part of that as well.
0: I mean, it, it does feel like we're returning to a semblance of normal now, and more people are going out to the movies just to different films. I think is what's happening with this film. Unfortunately, I was watching it and seeing Michelle Rodriguez. I think I do like her, but you know, whenever she turns up, going you know to the early noughties. And of course, she had, you know, she was in the first The Fast and the Furious film. She was in the film remake or reboot of, no, no, remake of SWAT with Colin Farrell, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. And then she's in the first Resident Evil film. She was just all over the place. And then I'm watching this and I think, oh, it's good to see her again. It's good that she's got something, potentially a new franchise. And then I'm like, hang on, she's got Avatar. She's got the <laughs> Fast and the Furious sequels. She's doing okay. <laughs>
1: she's yeah. doing All that absolutely being said, fine. she was one of the characters that didn't get resurrected
0: for the sequel for Avatar. but she's coming back in the later films, though. She wasn't in the way of water, which her character is apparently coming back in later films. Okay. So the the because of how they're doing it, they would have shot it already. But point being though, Michelle Rodriguez is doing okay.
1: She's... Yeah, yeah
0: yeah but i was she's, thinking what she's this, not obviously... up yeah <laughs> but yeah, she's the Fast fr- really franchise
1: alone is like really paying her
0: her wage i know quite, and then you know comfortably this year we're getting well this is it this month or june very soon we're getting fast 10 which was going to yeah. be the 10th and final fast and the furious movie and then vin diesel announced at comic-con get ready everybody. For Fast X Part Two, <laughs> I split it into two. God damn it! Yeah, it's yeah. honestly, if in two years' time he announces Fast X Part Three, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Nah, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's great. She's like the dry in video game terms and gaming terms. She'd be the tank. A characters like the strong one who like just gets on the front lines and just like harasses and gets on top of people um chris pine edgen is the his character's a ranger which is a very typical class in uh, dungeons dragons but he's kind of like a And every he's like a like a balanced character. He can do a bit of everything. Then you've got Simon the mage, who not particularly good mage. He's uh, <laughs> he's very much a level one. And they do. I am aware of some of the uh the spells from Dungeons and Dragons. The most common being like fire missile. I think if you create like a magic character, fire missiles like the first thing they get. And they do have that in the movie. I did notice that and, like, made a mental note of, like, aha. I see what you did there. It's probably the only reference I'll get, but well done. Um, and, you know, Justice Smith plays him from Detective Pikachu. He's oh, the...
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I had a hard time with that film because Pikachu was just after my time and we were reviewing it for that film, Stu, so I went to the movies to watch it. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> The other thing I'd seen him in was Jurassic World. Was it the first? No, yeah. the second one. Was it Fallen Kingdom? second one.
1: Yeah, when they go back to the island, and you, he's like the tech guy who doesn't want to be there and he's terrified.
0: So it was and, uh... two, two films I'd seen him in. That I was like, ah, oh, I just don't know. And then I watched, it was an Apple TV Plus film, Sharper. It came out, was it? I think it came out earlier this year. He's really good in it. And I'm like, huh, this guy who I didn't think much of, and not necessarily because of him, but the roles that I'd seen him in, and he was really good in that. And I like him in this. I think he's, he's good in this. And apparently Hugh Grant was fooled, even momentarily into thinking he was British because everyone else (laughs) is using their own accent, whereas he's actually putting an accent on for this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Hugh Grant playing like the, the the mate who's a con man and has come good. But then you find out, oh, wait, no, he's another nice scumbag who sold everyone out for his own means, but has taken to uh, Edkins' daughter, Kira, like one of his own. And like he really feels for her. And he's, but he's doing the wrong thing of like, oh, I like this. I want to keep her. So I'm gonna poison her against you and then I'll just gone with her when everything goes to shit. Yeah. Um Kina's played by Chloe Coleman, who I've actually seen in a bunch of stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, she, she was in my
1: spy with Batista. Yes,
0: that's what yeah, that was the, one of the first things that I saw her in. And then since then, yeah, she does seem to pop up in in a few things, and yeah, she's she's good here as the daughter torn between her dad and and Hugh Grant's villain. But honestly, Hugh Grant, like, he's doing some of his best work at the moment. I mean, in the 90s, like, he was hired for a particular film, and those, you know, films did really well for him. He He was the British guy, and that's just, you know, romantic comedies. But in recent years, you know, we've got this film, working with Guy Ritchie on The Gentleman, which I thought was fantastic, More recently, Operation Fortune with Jason Statham, and he just tends to be just having fun. Like they just announced in the Willy Wonka prequel film with Timothy Chalamet as Wonka, Hugh Grant is playing an umpalumpa. It's like (laughs) he's doing things now that you would have never have seen him do before. And if you want to see something a bit more serious on TV, it did The Undoing. With Nicole Kidman. So he's doing some really good films and TV at the moment. But, yeah, he's, he's really good in this, and they give him a lot of humour.
1: Yeah. Um, the last character who isn't on the poster, despite the fact she's kind of the main villain, is Daisy Head playing Safina, the Red Witch, um, who she was in the Sandman uh, Netflix TV series. Oh, was she? Yeah, um I don't have the character she played, but so I like looking at her face, I'm like, ah, I know I've seen you in something. Um, but I got her confused with Sophia Lillis, who plays Doric. That's who the, is the on the,
0: of, who is on the poster. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although but she's the wife of Chris Pine who died, and she's barely in it. But she was, you know, she was Beverly in It, so she had like a much bigger role. I'm like, wait a minute, what, No, no, why no you s- put
0: her? No, she's the she's the the druid that was raised in the Neverwinter Wood by a Wood Elf enclave. Oh
1: yeah, That's- she's got the antlers,
0: Sophia. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. So she's that makes quite- way more sense. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she's instrumental to their to their quest.
1: Yeah, she's the good thief. She can uh shapeshift. Um, and their entire plan hinges on her getting them to a certain point and then Simon confidently casting a spell at the last part, which is the problem with the whole plan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you was just as surprised as I was when Bradley Cooper appears, (laughs) a little Bradley Cooper. I had no idea (laughs) he was going to be... It was going to be in this, and I, and I missed this completely. Comedy group Anti Donna provided voices for corpses for the Australian release of the film. So I guess in other countries they've got different actors, but for us it was Anti Donna. I had no idea they would do no, it no be I mean, corpses.
1: Yeah, when they keep going like. Do you remember where this was? Oh yes, I remember seeing it. I'm like, oh no, I didn't no, that's see not it. a
0: question. <laughs> was that a question? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was funny. Yeah, A3, quite... I mean, I, yeah, it's I, really I like good. to be usually I like to be surprised and not know when something's going to happen. When it's something like that, though, I reckon I'd have probably enjoyed it more. Although it was still funny without knowing, but knowing it was them probably would have added to my. Enjoyment. But it was still it was still good though. And mentioned it in the in the opening. The main characters from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from eighty-three make cameos during the gladiatorial games. And I thought it was just going to be a case of them just running in the background. And that's all it would have been. And that would have been fun. But no, you spend more time with them than that. You see them get trapped, and then you've got characters individually. So we've got Hank the Ranger, Diana the Acrobat, Eric the Cavalier, Sheila the Thief, Presto the Magician, and Bobby the Barbarian. So there we go. So those characters are all in there. So that was, that was fun.
1: Yeah, and then uh, they included the giant gelatinous cube, which just slowly, like, or well, not so slowly, like... Uh, dissolves you inside of itself, which is a, a long-standing thing. I've I fought that in many a uh, like Dungeons and Dragons video game. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yeah, that whole maze sequence was really great. Really great set piece.
0: Honestly, a lot of things that happen in this film, the writers could have said to me, "We made all that up." i be like, "Oh, cool." Just, yeah, I've not got that frame of reference that you and that most people would have. So I'm like, "Oh, look at this new thing. This is this is." Really cool, but um, yeah. It's, again, I'm glad that we're talking about it here because I really did have have a good time. Like they clearly, you know, wanted to get this right. It's why it took, I think, you know, over ten years, like multiple writers, directors, you know, to finally get the film that we got to see. And yeah, hopefully, whether it's streaming, renting, whatever, because it's pretty much close to finishing its theatrical run, that people yeah. find it, watch it, enjoy it, because it is a good time. But actually, on that, let's rate it. If you're going to rate this film <laughs> out of five.
1: I had a really great time. I mean, a lot of this cast I'm a fan of anyway. Um, Chris Pine, huge fan. Michelle Rodriguez, she's always really... Like uh, competent in the role she picks, and Hugh Grant is just having a moment. Uh, like you said, like, the moment with the with the diversity of his roles. I'm gonna coming in out of four out of five. Um, I was entertained the whole way. Ne- never any time to check my watch, and it did genuinely make me feel like maybe I should find uh, a way to play Dungeons and Dragons. Or I I hope this does get parlayed into that tv series that they're talking about and then we do get a sequel because you know they've like i said they definitely figured out the formula i think with this one uh it's just a shame it had such different competition in the cinema how itself
0: yeah just like you gonna come in at a four i had a really good time it went from being a film that i had a passing interest at best and thinking maybe i'll stream it when it's available at home those later trailers thinking, do you know what? No, I actually want to go to the movies and see it. It's rare that a film will have that effect. Usually I'll make up my mind about something. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do or where I'm going to go and watch it. But yeah, I definitely changed my mind on this one. And I'm really glad that I did because it is, it's a lot of fun. I really did enjoy it. And like you, Chris Pine, he's always good value. And it was just good seeing him not be the macho hero. Like, it's not him that's saving the day. It's Michelle Rodriguez. She's the muscle. He's the distraction. You know, it was in all the trailers, the bit where they're both tied up. She gets free first, and then there's maybe one person left, and he finally cuts himself free. It's just – it's a really, really fun film. I really did have a good time with it. Yeah, same. Well, that's it for our episode, all about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I mean, it's a long (laughs) title. It is a long title.
1: (laughs) It is definitely a long title. Uh, If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast.
0: You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.